Hello America. If you're looking for a roadmap to financial health and smart investing, remember, money meets at the intersection of Mulholland and Cooperstock. After your family and your health, your money and your investments should be number three on your life top 10 list. I am Mark Cooperstock, and along with my partner, Stephen Mulholland, a CFA charter holder and CFP, are the principals of Mulholland and Cooperstock Asset Management. Our firm is a registered investment advisor based in Los Angeles with one goal in mind, to provide thoughtful, generational, and tax-efficient investment advice while keeping a sharp eye on the economy and the markets. So come along, join us on this journey as we navigate the superhighway of financial news and global markets amidst the daily traffic of forecasters, speculators, and their conjecture. You have arrived. Remember, money meets at the intersection of Mulholland and Cooperstock. Along with engineer Griff in the booth, let's welcome my partner, Stephen Mulholland. Stephen, where are we going today? So Mark, did you see the revised estimate for 2021 GDP growth uh, coming out of Goldman Sachs last week? Yeah, that was amazing. I mean, really kind of contrary to what we're hearing out of the Fed uh, and what the rest of Wall Street has been talking about, right? Yeah, well, it's, it's super interesting. Um, so Goldman raised their GDP growth, and this is real GDP growth. So um, uh, after not excluding inflation, they raised it from 5.9% to 6.4%, uh, which is uh, really high. Mark, um, do you know uh, uh, how many times in modern history and who the presidents were when we've had GDP growth of 6% or, or higher? Well, I feel like I'm taking the SATs all over again. Uh, let's see. Got to keep the sharp work. <laughs> yeah. Got inflationary. Let's see. I'm going to guess the mid sixties and, uh, maybe LBJ. You got one. And, uh, oh, 1980s under president Reagan. Correct. So you're two for three. You want to take one more shot? Hmm. Maybe the 50s under Eisenhower? Very close. Hey, two out of three ain't bad. As Meatloaf said, two out of three ain't bad. Um, so LBJ, 1966. I believe you have some books on LBJ to read, Mark. I do. I do. Um, LBJ, 1966. Ronald Reagan, 1984. And uh, one earlier than, than LBJ, uh, JFK in 1961. Oh, wow. Okay, well, that makes sense. That actually makes sense. Okay. Indeed. And Reagan's 6% uh, uh, growth rate came after the recession of 1982. So there's definitely some, uh, more than a little, there's definitely recovery after the abysmal COVID year that was 2020. Uh, nevertheless, 6% is really rarefied territory. So again, we've had greater than 6% real economic growth in, in basically... Um, since the 1950s, we've had it uh, in 1961, 1966, 1984. And if Goldman is right, we'll have it again in 2021. Uh, Goldman's not alone. Bank of America also raised their forecast to 6% from 5%. And Morgan Stanley, uh, la the last figure I saw for them was 5.6%. The consensus estimate for Wall Street was 3.9% as of a week ago, but the number is steadily rising. The biggest reason that it's increasing 
uh, are the uh, results of the special election in Georgia. Uh-huh. That's, that will mean more stimulus, right? Correct, more money, sir. More money, more money flowing in the economy. That's exactly right. And we're in the, the Goldilocks phase. Uh, right now, the market investors believe that the Federal Reserve is the Wizard of Oz. And in addition to Jay Powell at the Central Bank, he will be getting an ally soon at the Treasury when Janet Yellen takes over as Treasury Secretary. So um, the, what the market's pricing in right now is that interest rates will stay uh, uh, near zero um, combined with an increase in fiscal stimulus all the while while keeping inflation in, at bay. So um, usually if you have uh, fast economic growth, you're going to have interest rates rise. But the, the mix right now, the market's implying, and one of the reasons the U.S. stock market has performed so well is investors remain optimistic, which seems quite at odds with COVID, but the market is very cheery because of its expectation that we will have continued low interest rates, continued low inflation, and more fiscal stimulus. You know, it's interesting because in April, uh, you know, Jay Powell said, after everything was shut down, he, he was being interviewed by, I think it was Brookings Institute, and the question was posed to him about, what about inflation? And he said, he shook his head, and he said, we're not even worried about inflation. You know, I mean, that that's not even on my agenda right now. And I guess this all does make sense when you look at what gold has done over the last six months, eight months, right? Look at what the cryptocurrencies have done. I mean, that would all indicate, at least in hindsight, that would, that would indicate uh, and support, you know, an inflationary theory, right? Yeah, what, what's your favorite cryptocurrency, Mark Tesla or Bitcoin? <laughs> so you're, I'm not I'm not sure which one's more stable, so I'm not <laughs> sure. Good, 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 good question. Um, so no, that's right. Gold was up 25% last year. Uh, Bitcoin was uh, up a heck of a lot more than that. Um, so to your point, uh, all, the best performing asset classes last year pretty much had the one thing in common that they. Um, they reflect investors' expectations that the dollar will be worth less. Yeah, no, it, it backs it up. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if everybody else jumps on the bandwagon now. Um, but look, if the if you know the the new administration and a Democrat-controlled Congress, um, you know, follow through on their on their promises, uh, and you know they start with more stimulus and more stimulus, and we're talking now. You know, every time now it's around of a of a couple of trillion dollars with a T, um, which is really unfathomable to most people. Um, that's pumping a lot of cash into the economy, and uh, you know, with a lot of businesses and manufacturing shut down, you're going to have dollars. You know, more dollars chasing fewer goods too, right? And what does that equal? Inflation. So, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see if that's the word of uh, 2021. Um, but uh, uh, the, you're right, it's, uh, it's interesting times and um, the increase of the money, uh, if that gets met with increased velocity uh, post-vaccine, um, I'd really like to find out what that looks like, wouldn't you, Mark? Oh, for sure. Look, I think everybody is excited for the vaccine to be, you know, obviously you know, effective one and, and for everybody to get inoculated. Um, and to see what the effect is, see what businesses do bounce back, you know, maybe all the way, if not, you know, beyond, uh, but what businesses don't. 
And, um, you know, it sounds like it's going to take maybe, you know, four to six, eight months to really find out, um, to see what the effect is and how resilient, uh, how elastic our economy is. Right. Oh, and, and Mark, I, I have my crystal ball here today. Oh, finally, you found it after how many years? Theo found it. It turns out he hit it with it is one of his uh, one of his mini toy boxes. <laughs> so I, I have the crystal ball here, and I can see the headlines after Q1 and Q2 uh, for 2021 that say uh, record economic growth for the quarter. You know, new fiscal stimulus uh, that the government passes uh, sends the economy up ten uh, percent higher. Uh, you know the. I can see the headlines for 2021 now that uh, talk about the meteoric economic growth of 2021. And I just wanted to uh, put some of that in context. Uh, the Q1 2020, so that's when COVID was really, when it first shut down uh, the U.S. economy around March. Uh, so one month of the shutdown was included in Q1. The economy contracted by 5%. Q2 included the fuller lockdown and uh, on a, these are all um, quarterly uh, changes, but on an annualized basis, the second quarter of 2020, the economy contracted by 32%. Then in Q3, uh, the economy rose by 33% as it began to reopen a little and Q4 it rose by, uh, sorry, the estimate for Q4 is that the economy rose by 8.7%. So when you take minus five, minus 32, plus 33, plus 8.7, and then you uh, give Goldman, you say that they're exactly right, they have a crystal ball just like we do at MCAM, and the economy grows 6.4%. After all of that growth, after the contraction, you end up exactly with the GDP that we generated in 2019. So what you're telling me is Goldman Sachs used a slide rule to estimate <laughs> what uh, GDP is going to be going forward. I, I think that's correct. And um, the, the caveat here is, first off, I hope they're right, or actually I hope they're too conservative. But uh, basically, growth next year of 6.5% or higher will really just get us back to where we were in 2019. So uh, just, just to provide some context. So if you're Thinking about valuing businesses, earnings that were generated in 2019 are a good proxy. Um, and if we get back to 2019, that will mean for 2020 and 2021, there was really no, uh, basically we generated no growth. So um, I'm hoping that, let's hope for a great number next year, but let's keep it in context of how much we've had to overcome uh, because of COVID and also uh, our, our uh, the way that we, um, shut down the economy, our response to COVID. Yeah, you know, there, there's one other point of view. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. You know, with rates having dropped as low as they did, I mean, the 10-year today closed at a 1.11%, okay? And for the record, uh, it's January 12th, the day that we're, we're recording this podcast. You know, it wasn't that long ago. It was in, I think, April or May where the 10-year bottomed out. I think it was 26 basis points. So we're almost almost four times where we were, um, which of course has led to, you know, a drastic drop in mortgage rates, which has led to a furious real estate market in certain areas, certain parts of the country anyways. 
um, which is you know supporting the home builders and all the ancillary you know support services. So if we do get this inflation, we do get a, this continued kick up in rates. It's going to be interesting to see how that affects that market, because you would expect if rates you know across the board are moving, you know you would expect mortgage rates also to follow along. There'll be a lag, but you know the precipitous drop may have may, may be over. Oh, that, no, it's a great point, Mark. And um, if, if, uh, if our listeners haven't refinanced uh, their mortgage yet, but it's been on their to-do list, would you say now's a good time? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we've been talking for, you know, six months and saying, look, you know, really, you know, before this inflationary prediction came out uh, in all the indicators, we said, look, we, we think due to the backlog and the pipeline being filled at all the banks and the mortgage companies, you really should wait because there's really no reason for mortgage rates to, to be dropped to, to, you know, to increase the demand for it. Um, but now, as things have kind of settled down, turned a little bit, I think if it's on your list of things to, to do, um, if you're in a higher rate, if you're in a you know, 35 or 4% uh, mortgage, now is the time to you know, pick up the phone, call your, uh, call your mortgage broker, call your banker, um, and you know, start that conversation and get that ball rolling. Uh, because if Goldman Sachs is right, and if all these other indicators are correct, um, then, you know, we should see a, although maybe slow and measured, but we should see a slow and measured uh, increase in rates too over the next year or so. So this was a flash podcast uh, to give you an optimistic and hopefully realistic estimate of what to expect in the economy next year. And uh, Mark, why don't you take us home? Yeah, look, we're going to be updating and monitoring these indicators. And every week there are numerous reports that come out that you know, we like to look at and give us a, a better idea of what has happened and what will happen. Perfect. Mark, you want to take us home? Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Griff. Uh, remember, the opinions expressed on the podcast are those of the hosts and guests that we have. Uh, nothing discussed today should be considered as investment advice, and please consult your own financial advisor and tax advisor whenever considering any investment. Um, if you have questions, and if you're one of our clients, please email us with the term podcast in the subject line. For more information about the podcast or the hosts and the firm, you may visit us at our website at www.mk-am.com, or you may email us at info at mk-am.com. Thank you for joining us and look for our next podcast release very soon. Thank you.